Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets, and if you know anything about me, you know that I love a good prop bet. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap DFS format, you just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you choose 10 prop bets, plus two extra picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and an under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if the prop grades out as correct. The person with the most points wins. Peer-to-peer betting, prop betting, can't beat it. TakeCast listeners can get a free $10 credit with their first deposit of $10 or more when they enter the promo code MATIC on sign-up. It's available in the App Store or at ThriveFantasy.com. That's promo code MATIC for a $10 credit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Take Cast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we go through the teams that are remaining in the NCAA March Madness Men's Basketball Championship Tournament with my boy Big T, Tony Newhouse from Roto-Grinders and Sharpside. Uh, I just think it's, you know, college basketball is fun to gamble on. Even if you don't watch until the tournament comes around, these games are pretty good. A lot of the players that are playing right now are future NBA players. And, uh, you know, I just like to bring you guys helpful content to allow you to gamble on sports more often because, you know, that's really what we are all here for. The show, of course, is presented by DailyRoto.com and RotoExperts.com. You can get a discount on those products using the promo codes Rory and Matic. Uh, Rory for DailyRoto.com, Matic for RotoExperts. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can always leave a ratings and review on iTunes, or you can get bonus episodes of the show on the Patreon, patreon.com slash TateCast, $5 a month, gets you all sorts of bonus content. Now let's get into the show. All right, everyone, bringing in a ringer to the show, my boy, Big T. We're uh, we're talking more college basketball, more March Madness. Tony, my guy, how you doing? What's up, my man? I I don't know about the ringer part. I'm no empire maker, but... I'm I'm excited to come in here and talk some college hoops. This is the time of year where everyone actually watches college hoops. I don't think many people watch before March, including myself. I don't watch a ton before this time of year, but I love this two or three weeks period where where we watch the brackets go from 60, 68 now down to one. Well, I mean, now we got a lot of good basketball. There are a lot of good teams left. Like, you know, there, there is, there's more, there's a lot more skill uh, involved in these games and been a super chalky year thus far there is only there's only one double digit seed left in the sweet 16 none of the number one seeds are out i think all of the number two seeds are still in as well which is yeah you got all the ones all the twos all the threes two of the fours and then a five and a 12 and the 12 isn't a normal 12 i mean it's oregon who just won the pack 12 who just beat two teams by 20 in the tournament 
Like, it, it's got to be the most loaded Sweet 16 of all time, but it's not even really close. Making Bill Walton super happy. The whole pack I did, I did watch the, the conference tournaments, and the whole conference tournament for the Pac-12, Bill Walton was just hammering on Oregon being in the tournament, and they would not have made it if they didn't win the tournament. Bill, there's nobody better than Bill Walton when he's got a good he's got a good high going during the game. He he smoked his weed or whatever he does before the game, and he gets the he gets some good ones going on there. A dude he has, uh, I don't even know the guy's name that does the the broadcast with him has to just hate him, like because he's just he's like never talking about the game, and he's just like asking him if he's read a bunch of books. Like it is, it's so good. It is the best. <laughs> he, nothing about basketball, and he'll go on tangents about just no, like nothing. I think that guy's name's like Dave Pash. Or Dave something. Pash. Yep, that's it. <laughs> like just yeah there's nobody better than Walton though when he gets on some weird tangent so before we get into the game by game for the sweet 16 do any of the outrights look uh any good to you I have the only outright I hold right now is I have Tennessee at 16 to 1 that I bet before the tournament and after winning two games their odds have not changed at all they're still they're still 15 to 1 so you could still get that ticket if you wanted it that's one of the weird things I was going to talk about today is so if you were holding a ticket on a good team before the tournament, almost everyone has the same or worse odds, which is crazy after winning two games. But the reason is, like we just talked about, all the good teams are yeah, still it's, in. So it's like, not like any of them are getting – like none of them are getting to play St. Louis University in the Sweet 16, like just because there's no teams like that left. Just no one left, like no soft spots. I mean, even even Duke, I mean, they're going to have to play Tech and then LSU or Michigan State, like – there's just no soft spot. If you win it this year, you're going to earn it. There's really not – there's not a single weak team left in it. I mean, the worst team in it is Oregon. And, and like I said, I mean, they're they're legit. So, I, I agree. But as far as outrights, we, we looked a little at this last night when I, I was doing a show last night about college. Some of my favorites are like Auburn. You can get good value too, I think, just to make the Final Four, some of these region odds. Like Auburn right now on Pinnacle is plus four fifty to win their region, which Auburn, if they hit their shots, they're gonna be they're gonna be legit. And then another team, Houston, is plus three seventy in the same region. So you could even take them both. Carolina and Kentucky are in there, obviously, but Kentucky, PJ Washington still hurt. No one knows if he's gonna play. And Auburn and Auburn and Houston are both legit, and I, I like both of them to win it all too. I think they're both like twenty-one to one right now. Let me see. Yeah, Auburn twenty-one. Houston, you can Houston, get 15. you can get deeper odds on Auburn on Bovada is twenty-eight to one. Yeah, like I love. I heard Fanduel too. Actually, I heard I, Dan Bach actually texted me earlier today. He must have listened to the show last night, but he said Houston is fifty to one on on uh, Fanduel. Which, if you can get fifty to one to win it on fan, that's just ridiculous. They're they're twenty two to one on Bovada, and they're they're fifteen to one on Pinnacle. Like, if you can get fifty to one on Houston, you better just pound that thing like that. That that's ridiculous. They're yeah. they're way too good to be fifty to one. Probably the only team that I would consider betting now would be Florida State at thirty-five to one. They're they're they are just good. They have they have. This is crazy to me. Thirty-five to one. 
Yeah, they have six guys who are all above seven BPM, which is like most most college teams have like two guys above seven BPM at this point in the season. Like they're they they have a they just have a lot of guys who can play. Like they just like that's my it's my big observation from this tournament is that Florida State seems like they were probably a little underrated. They're just so I mean they've beat everybody too. They 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 lost to Duke at the buzzer when early in the season. They beat Virginia. They they just beat. They have just beat everybody, all the talented teams. And you look at their team, like they look like an NBA team when you're watching, just like you said. Yeah, a bunch of, of six, bunch of six, eight dudes who can all oh. do a little bit of everything. So long, so athletic. That is the Davis Matic team, though. That that's your brand, like the, all yeah. the athletes out there just showing off all, all, all their skills going on. I mean, the the reason that they're priced that way, though, is that they are they have a game coming up against a number one seed. They have to beat Gonzaga. If you want to play a one, though, it might as well be Gonzaga. Like, I love Gonzaga. They're good. They're talented. But we don't really know, do we? Like, they haven't played anyone. I mean, they, they don't – yeah, they don't play anybody all year. They never do. Nobody. That's, you just don't truly know, which means two things, though. They could be better than we think, or they could be just not as good as we think. So, they're going to be tested now, though, because they're going to have to beat Florida State. And then, obviously, Texas Tech and Michigan are two great teams, too. So, yeah, so let's uh, let's go through these games. The first game, uh, Wednesday night, uh, we have Florida State Gonzaga. I I I think I would take seven points with Florida State here. Yeah, it, it's just like you just said. Like Florida State, super talented, played a much better conference. I think they played Duke Duke two times. I don't know. They played obviously in that conference. I think they. I mean, they could have. They, they were. They were going to beat Duke during the regular season, and the, yeah. that horrible Duke guard hit. Uh, he hit a like a, a legit buzzer beater to beat. He them. was wide open. That, that was during that the DK championship in in Vegas. That was one of the games I bet there at Florida State. The dude was wide open on that play too. For the for those of you that didn't see it, like somehow the Florida State had a complete blown coverage, and this dude is just wide open with just butt naked out there, hit wide open three to hit and drilled it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think may, I probably Gonzaga. I the chances like they just play good basketball. Like they just play a, a good brand of basketball that's actually pretty conducive to winning in March because like they can shoot threes, they can play defense. But like the the chance of Florida State like out athleting them, I think is is real. This would be like if I was gonna pick against any of the ones, it would be like this would be the one I would pick against in this round. So the issue for me is uh, I agree with everything you just said, and I, I kind of like Florida State. But then when you dive into it a little deeper, like the public's going to be all over Florida State. Yeah, they people like the to fade. We saw. Yeah. Uh, like right now it's like 67 to 70% of the action looks like it's coming in on Florida State. You never want to see heavy action on a dog in this spot. Like no one knows about Gonzaga. Like everyone thinks the same thing we're thinking where – they're in the West Coast Conference. They got to play all these athletes. I mean, it's just typical thinking. Like it's the way we're both thinking. It's the way everyone's thinking. It's tough for me. Like the number looks too big, too. Like even this weekend, I was like, I think the spread's going to be like four in this game with how good Florida State looked. It comes out like six and a half, seven. It's gone up to seven and a half. I lean Gonzaga just be, just based on the numbers, but I don't like it. Like, it's not going to be a game that I'm overly invested in by any means. I, just because we don't know about Gonzaga. Like, I, I'm a little worried, though. I, I'm scared when the public's on a, on a dog like this. I think the only good public dog the first weekend of the tournament was UC Irvine. 
every like everyone else like uh the the big public darling yale they got they got slapped um northeastern by ku they oh, got, no. they, got super slapped. they got yeah. beat by like 30 yeah. oh it was bad so i i think a lot of the a lot of the people uh like you know they just they they love to bet the dogs in march so some of the prices for dogs uh get like they get to be less favorable like if Florida state is like sort of a, a public team at this point, especially in this spot. So maybe that's influencing the number next game. I feel pretty confident in picking Tennessee over Purdue. Ten- Tennessee is good. Brad Woodson, Grant Williams, like those dudes are ballers. We're going to have, we're going to have our first contradiction then like Tennessee, ugh, man, they, 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 they like to play. I'm getting incredible sweat equity on this 16 to one Tennessee ticket. Oh, that, I forgot you got your ticket. When yeah, they almost they almost lost twice. So last game, obviously they're playing Iowa. Iowa's a similar team to Purdue. They're up twenty five. Iowa just plays their ass off in the second half. Comes all the way back, sends it to OT, and then gets beat up in OT. Tennessee is so talented. I mean, obviously more talented on the surface. Again, another Davis Manic team. Like all, all the athletes, super talented. I can see why you like them, but man. Yeah, Purdue. I just like, in general, probably I'll never, ever bet a root for a Big Ten team. That's like, it's like the most anti-Davis-Matic shit in the world. It is, I'll, I'll agree with that, too. Like, the Big Ten is painful to watch. Like, they're just a bunch of white dudes that are fundamental. Like, no athletes, hardly. I mean, obviously, sometimes they have them, but it's just, it's tough to root on the Big Ten teams, which I completely agree with. But, man, Purdue just pounded that Villanova the two-time defending champ Villanova I know it's not the same team but yeah two-time defending champ they got champs on that team they got a championship coach and Purdue just gave them the freaking business beat them by like 25 the number looks short too we got the public the public's on Tennessee right now I like Purdue a decent amount I think Purdue's a nice dark horse to come out of that conference too at or out of that region I mean at they're, they're seventeen to one on the Pinnacle's odds are sharper though because what, what are they on Bavada Purdue? I just moved. Here, let me pull the futures page back up. I just moved to the lines. I should get off the. Don't bet them on Pinnacle if 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 anyone out there is listening. All these prices look sharper on Pinnacle, obviously, like always than than other places. So Purdue to get out of their region plus three seventy five. What about to win win it all? To win it all, see they're way shorter. They're fifteen to one. They're the same as Tennessee. Wow! So they're seventeen to one on. They're seven. They should be the same as Tennessee, though. I mean, the spread's one here. They should be pretty similar. But I mean, fifteen to one to win it all. That, that's. Whew, I, I definitely don't like that. I mean, they would have to beat Tennessee, Virginia, another great team, and then another great team. Obviously, they can't beat four straight teams and only fifteen to one. That that's just insane. But. I definitely like Purdue in this plus. I mean, just money line. It's only one, one and a yeah, half. Yeah, I mean, the, the line is close enough, and you're getting a little bit of extra value betting the betting the money line versus betting the one and a half points. It's pro- I'll probably regret it, though. In Tennessee, all, all these guys come out and start swarming them, but I just think Purdue's a better team. Well, isn't doesn't isn't Tennessee's coach just like the worst? This is where, this is where I wouldn't know anything because I don't watch college basketball during the year. But it, like, isn't isn't Rick Barnes just like literally the stone worse? Like, don't people just hate this guy? I've I've never liked him. I mean, he always choked at Texas. I feel the same way about Florida State's coach, though. And 
People I've talked to like jumped jumped on me about this take, saying Leonard Hamilton from Florida State is like some great coach, and I just like like he has unbelievable talent every year, and he never wins with it. So I don't understand how you can be considered a great coach if you never win with your talent. But Rick Barnes, I just I'm looking at his college basketball reference page. He's made one Final Four in 24 years of coaching. Yeah, I mean this dude. I'm pretty. He had Durant at he had Durant at Texas. I'm sure. Yeah, right? he did. Yeah. yeah, like he had tons of good players along the years. He's always been that type of guy that has good teams that just never gets it done. He tr- they tried to choke it away last last week, and I still haven't figured out why. But like Admiral Schofield, one of their better players, like why did he never come back in in overtime? I don't I don't understand if there was something wrong or what what happened with that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have I don't have any I don't have any real answers. Like they even got played close in their first game though. Which is yeah. just you don't you don't ever want to see that from a two. And it was like twelve to it, right away they jumped out nine ten nothing and everyone was like man they're gonna pound this team and then Colgate somehow I mean the freaking toothpaste company hanging around and what was seventy seven seventy I think was the final like that. But it was closer than that. Yeah, like it, it was there for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, next game: Michigan, Texas Tech. A total of 126 for this game. Tech with that crazy defense. I sort of think that uh, I sort of think that Michigan will be able to handle them, though. <laughs> we're we're going to be contradicting on a bunch of them. We well, I mean, the the listeners should definitely agree with you because my observations are based off of watching, you know, two games for these teams. Although I think that uh, that this John Teske guy may be my least favorite player to watch in the tournament so far. Do not do not like watching this dude. <laughs> oh, Kelby. So first of all, we got the top two teams in the country, basically by Ken Palm as far as defensive rating. Yeah. Two just great defensive teams, which is why we got such a low total. Beeline, Michigan's coach, always comes up with game plans that are really good at this stage of the tournament. Maybe they'll run a matchup zone. Maybe they'll run – who knows what he's got, a half-court trap. He's always got some gimmick defense that seems to work this time in the tournament. So you never want to go against Beeline. But – Texas Tech, man, again, like, they played Buffalo. I, I love Buffalo. Yeah, they, they, they just destroyed just, Buffalo. Just stomped a hole in their life, like, ruined them. I mean, just pounded that. That team didn't score for, like, ten straight minutes at one point. Yeah, it was brutal. Michigan's another team, the same Big Ten team we're talking about, where it's just – you look at them and it's like they got these big, slow white dudes that just play basketball. And, I mean, they're good. They're great. I mean, Michigan's a great team. This is another game that – I mean, I don't think you could have a super strong conviction either way. I mean, two teams are great. It's a two-seed versus three-seed, two great defensive teams. I kind of like the under, too, but I definitely lean Texas Tech in this one. Yeah, I mean, I I have no significant argument for that. That's uh, too. Like, you got to like that Culver from Texas Tech. Like, that guy's a stud. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, I do like him. All right, next game we have Oregon and Virginia, eight and a half points. Uh, it feels like this is probably the time where Oregon gets ran and gets played like a 12 seed. So, yeah, we'll have to agree on this one. Originally, I was kind of thinking, like, Oregon matches up good with Virginia, all this length, all these athletes. But then I'm thinking about it, and it's like I was talking to a few of my buddies, and it's just like Virginia never loses to teams that play the same style. Like, they're just better at it. They lose to teams that can run and gun and stuff like that. Oregon's a slow team that plays defense just like just like Virginia does. So 
And another factor, this is another one seed that's kind of getting no action. Like everyone's on Oregon plus the eight and a half. They're, they're getting a, a ton of the action right now. Yet the spread opened at six and a half. It's up to eight and a half. So you got a little reverse line move on a one seed. I kind of agree. Like I think Virginia pounds this team. The only worry at all is sometimes Virginia just literally can't score. So it might be tough to, to cover eight and a half if you can't score, but. It looks eight, like a eight great and a game. half in a one twenty seven to or uh let's see one nineteen now yeah oh man eight and a half points in a total that low is like a lot of points. It's basically saying Oregon's not going to score. Like Oregon's going to yeah. Have it's basically to be... saying like Oregon's going to get they're going to be like Montana versus Michigan. <laughs> what, what is the? Oh, I got to look this up. So what's their? Let's see what their team total is. I mean, it's got to be here. I'm pulling it up on Bovada right now. It's got to be. It's got to be super low. 56, but the uh, the unders minus 123 on, on Pinnacle, like 56 team total, and, and God, that's just the funny thing is I don't know if they'll get there. I really don't. I, I kind of like the under on the 56. I mean, uh, this this guy Peyton Pritchard for Oregon. That's a, that's Dean, another dude. That's the Dean from uh, old school. We, we yeah. lost in a dumpster, didn't we? I got out. That's a uh, that's another dude that I do not enjoy watching play basketball. Just like the the um. The unathletic white guard who wears the baggy T-shirt underneath his jersey, that's, like, my least favorite genre of March Madness player. Like, I just, like, oh. watching the uh, – and, and the thing is, is people on Twitter always love those guys. Like, uh, who was the, the BYU point guard? Alex Kraft, maybe? And that was that Ohio it? State, but his name uh, was Kraft. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> love those guys. And I'm just like, this is not the, the brand of basketball that I enjoy watching. I just I'm not uh, I'm not in on that. This next game, uh, it's a three and a two. I did not think I did not think that Michigan State would be favored by this many points over LSU. LSU seemed good to me just from watching, but uh, uh, Michigan State is a six point favorite over LSU. So LSU is gonna beat a lot of teams just by straight athleticism and just overwhelming them with just athletes. That's not going to happen with Michigan State. Michigan State's always one of the toughest teams. I mean, again, though, it's another Big Ten team that's going to play super tough, super sluggish like that. That's just how they play. But the problem is Michigan State can score. Like, Izzo, uh, we got to get into that, too. Like, did you see all this Izzo thing? You're yeah, kind of on the other, on the other side of the political spectrum of me, but we don't have to get into that. But Izzo, like, how do, how is he in trouble for yelling at a kid? Like, I want to hear you because you you think differently than me about stuff like this. I mean, I played sports growing up. I got yelled at. My dad was my coach. He used to yell at me. <laughs> like, I think people, I think people that like are making the argument that uh, you wouldn't be yelled at in a work environment are making like a disingenuous thing. Cause it's like sports are very emotional, but like, no, I don't think that like rich old white coaches should be like, you know, strictly talking down to their players all the time. But you have, like, that is part of sports. Your coach is, is going to yell at you. down on him though. Like, is it really like, I mean, probably not. Like, he was probably just like, I can't believe you blew this defensive assignment. I didn't even watch the play that led up to it. Like, funny because I don't know what the play was either. I just seen him, like, completely – I mean, he was pissed. They were holding him back. But, like, everybody that's played sports has got yelled at like that. I mean, I'm a white dude. You're a white dude. Like, I wouldn't be offended if any anybody yelled at me like the coach. Like, I don't think the players are – the players weren't mad. Like, Draymond Green, these other guys that played for him, 
they they said they got yelled at. They're not mad about it. They love yeah, it. I would I would never be mad, honestly. Like, and I would be closer, like politically aligned to the people that would get upset about a coach yelling at players. But I wouldn't get mad about that. There was like. I can't remember the college football coach, but there was one maybe a year ago or so will like hit one of the players in his face right. mask or whatever. Yeah. I don't like that's not cool to me. Well, like, I, like, it's the physical violence like that. That's where I draw the line. Like, I don't care what he and I don't care what wording he. I mean, obviously, if if he gets like racial with, it, and I don't think I don't, but I don't think Tom Izzo would get yeah. racial with one of his. He's players. not like yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't think at all. Like, that's obviously crossing the line. But outside of that, like, I don't even care what he said. Like, if he called him names or, like, as long as it's within the context of basketball and, like, blown assignments. And- yeah, if you haven't been yelled at and been called an idiot for blowing a defensive assignment, <laughs> yeah. like, this is, like, I generally hate the argument, oh, well, like, you haven't played so you don't understand. <laughs> but, like, I mean, come on, your coaches, like, it happens in the NFL. Those dudes get yelled oh. at for blowing assignments. It happens in the Dream NFL. That like yeah. profanities like that that's how you get this is the highest level of sport like I, I don't I just don't it has nothing to do with the workplace what is your boss gonna come in I mean it's not the same thing at all yeah no I, so, I I I agree with you on this which is uh yeah I mean I just think it's it's like sort of it's like just sort of reasonable to be able to be like you know whatever it's just sports people emotions just run high you know? it's, yeah, like, who knows what the, the backstory is, too. Maybe in practice the whole week he's teaching him to box this guy out, and then he goes out there and just blows his coverage. And, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Like, that's how you yeah. – I guarantee that guy respects it, too, and that guy's going to be better from it just because of that. There's no yeah. way that I also I also had that guy in DFS that day, and he sucked. I, everyone did. He was, like, chalky that day. That, that's yeah. the funniest part. Yeah, and he sucked. So I was. I also wanted to yell at him. So like, there's a little bit of that going on too. That's the best part. We all wanted to yell at him because he was terrible. Yeah, he was horrible. Uh, <laughs> so LSU, I guess probably the issue. So an issue that these teams run into is when like some of your best players are bigs, like Naz Reed or whatever for LSU. I actually think that's like kind of a disadvantage in these tournaments. You want your you want your best players to be guards which I mean I guess like Tremont Waters is like probably their best offensive player but he's like a little undersized he's listed at 175 pounds on uh on college basketball reference so I guess he's like their he's like their you know their best offensive player but his um his true shooting is like not great it's like 53 percent it's not like he's like I don't know. Is he an NBA prospect, Tremont Waters? Probably. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm terrible with stuff like that. Unless I, like, see the, the big names, obviously. I, I never know those – he's probably maybe too small. But he is talented, though. And it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting matchup between him and Cassius on, on the other end. I mean, how, how big is Waters? What's his, what's his profile? Do you know? I, I mean, I know uh, – let's see. Let's see here. Tremont Waters NBA mock draft. Six, he's six foot one seventy five by his profile, and Cassius is six one one eighty five. So they got super similar profiles as far as just body type. Was I there's it looks like Tremont Waters is maybe not an NBA prospect because there's not a ton of stuff out here about him. What is uh, what what grade is he even in? He's he's older. He's twenty one. What is he? A junior or senior? Yeah, I think he's supposed to graduate next year. Yeah, I mean, you, you watch him, and, and he looks like a really good college player. I don't know if it's going to stretch. Like, when yeah. they needed a bucket tie game at the end, he got right to the 10 and stuck it in and, and got that W for him. But 
I don't know about the next level. This game's tough for LSU, though. Like you said, some of their best guys are big guys. Their other, I mean, their best guard obviously is Waters, but he's got to go against a better dude that's the same profile as him, Cassius. I mean, one of the best dudes in the country as far as just pure college basketball. Yeah. It's a tough spot for LSU, I think. It, it sucks siding with these Big Ten teams because I'm like you. I, I don't necessarily – Yeah, you're, you're going to be watching a lot of, like, uh, really good fundamental defense and boxing out uh, this next week. And that, that can't be good for LSU either, though. Like, No, think, no, it's not. Yeah. LSU should dominate teams that are just soft and all that kind of stuff. But Michigan State's not. How many Big Ten teams are left? Michigan State, Michigan, uh, Purdue. There's only three. We just happened to talk about all three already, I guess. Yeah. Next game, Auburn, North Carolina. Uh, Auburn almost lost early on. They they played one of the most mystifying games. Uh, North Carolina feels like they are, like, good enough to just sort of handle like a middling SEC team, kind of no problem. So the, the the issue with Auburn, everyone is just going to come down to if they make shots. Like when they make shots, they beat anybody. They, they ran through the SEC, which there's four, four SEC teams, right? LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, and I thought there was one more. Who am I missing? LSU. Who's the fourth one? I thought that maybe they just lost in the last round. LSU, Auburn. That's that's it. And Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah, so Tennessee's the fourth one. Yeah. LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee. So four SEC teams. And Auburn just beat all these teams in the last stretch. I just If Auburn makes shots, they're going to win this game. If they don't, they're probably going to lose by 20. I don't really think there's – like, if you like Auburn, you should just bet the money line. Spreads five. They could easily yeah. win this game or they could lose by 20. It sounds like I'm taking an out with that, but it's the truth. Like, Carolina's going to leave them open for shots. Carolina does not play great defense. That's why the total in this game is 165. It opened at 160. It's up to 165 already. Even the coach, they, they interviewed the coach, Bruce Pearl, He's like, you better bet the over in this game. And the press conference right. said that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a track meet. If Auburn makes shots, they're going to win this game. But it's just a matter of if you think they stay hot. I mean, they just pounded Kansas by just a 30 spot or something. If they make shots, I mean, Kansas is, Kansas is so bad. Kansas is awful. But, yeah. I mean, they embarrassed them. They, yeah. they took their soul in that game. I don't have I don't have a strong take on this one. Also, the the North Carolina name probably gives like a point or two to the line. So in general, betting against them is like I would I would assume that like on Ken Palm they probably have Auburn as like a, a close team. So the bet would be the points or the money line for Auburn. Yeah, I, I mean I I like Auburn a lot. Like Auburn, they they have everything going for them. That you should love Auburn. They got all the athletes too. Yeah, Shoot a yeah, bunch Auburn. Of three. Yeah, I, I, I actually picked them going. I actually picked them winning this particular game. And, like, I think probably, like, I, I think I made five brackets and I think I had them winning this game in, like, four of them. I, I think they can, too. I really do. Like, they're playing super confident. They just won the SEC. I, I mean, They're not a five seed either. Like, they were favored over four seed Kansas. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably a little higher seeded than they should be, kind of like we talked about with Florida State. It's just a tough year when all these good teams advance. Yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do when all the number one seeds are through, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's tough for sure. All right, next game, 
Uh, I'm not betting against Duke. I, I have Duke over Virginia Tech. I, I, I mean, R.J. Barrett is horrible. R.J. Barrett is for real, like, my least favorite dude. Like, he is, like, the thing that, like, tilts me about March Madness. Like, these, like, sort of athletic guards who are just – they have the worst shot selection ever. Like, R.J. Barrett is, like, if Nick Young couldn't shoot, basically. Like, it's it's just bad. <laughs> Duke is one of the weirdest teams to watch ever. I'm sure everyone watched that game last week. I think they played maybe the toughest possible matchup for them just because they didn't guard Trey Jones. They didn't guard whatever the sorry the other the sorry other guard's name is, Goldwire or whatever the other sorry Duke's guard name is. So yeah, if you don't have to guard two dudes, like you literally leave them wide open and you can camp a nine-foot dude in the middle – it's going to be a tough matchup for Duke, no matter what, unless those two guys can make a shot, which they didn't. I mean, Trey Jones was awful in that game. The other guard, I mean, he's awful always, so it didn't matter. But I have no – and on top of it, they had Dawkins had, like, the best possible game that night too, and they still beat him somehow. I think it gets easier, just like you just said. I mean, Zion is just – like – He's too good, man. He is for they real. They have a nine-footer they got to go through now. Like, that was tough for Zion, and he still got 30-plus, like, or whatever yeah. he ended up with. I mean, I just – I just – I won't be picking against him. And my whole thing is I've just been trying to, like, leverage as much as possible. If Duke doesn't win, how can I benefit myself financially from that? Because I just think it's so likely that they win that some of the odds on certain things have gotten skewed. Like, I didn't pick Duke in any bracket just because, like, like I think like on ESPN I think like 40% of people in like the big like bracket challenge or whatever had Duke winning it's tough on Duke too because all, all these teams Duke's one of the teams for example that was like two to one to two two fifty to start out to win the whole thing now they're like three to one after winning two games just because all the good teams advance so their yeah. path is even tougher but that being said, they still have the most talented team. If they make any shots, like if, if Trey Jones can somehow find a jump shot, because they're not going to guard him again after the blueprint's out, he will be wide open in this game, and he has to step in and make a few shots. If he keeps missing shots, it, it's going to be a battle versus anyone. But I agree with you. Duke's one of my favorite sides. I still love Duke to win it. I'm way overexposed to Duke, even on the short odds. Like I got all my action on Duke. It would have been a it would have been a rough march if they lost that last weekend. But I mean, if if Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett can hit like thirty five percent instead of like twenty eight percent, that will make like a very big difference to how the they. The crazy look part too is is Cam. What's his name? Barrish. Like he. What's his name? Now I'm drawing a blank. Reddish or it's Barrett? Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. Yeah, like I, I was confusing the two names. But that guy's been awful all season. And then he hits the biggest three of the year. They were down four with, what, two minutes left? And he steps in and just drills that big three to save the season. I agree. Like, if they make any shots, no one's beating Duke. They don't even have to shoot a great percentage. Shoot 40%. Shoot 50%. You're just going to murder teams. So, yeah. I love Duke. I think Duke might, might be my favorite of the two days. They're going to pound Virginia Tech. So our next game we have, or the last game actually, is Houston versus Kentucky. And uh, it sucks for Kentucky because it looks like they are still probably not going to have their best player, P.J. Washington. Yeah, so it's the tough part. I mean, obviously I live in Kentucky. Everyone here roots for, for Kentucky. 
P.J. Washington, though, going into last weekend, even before the news broke, around here everyone was saying his dad didn't want him to play. His dad wanted him to sit out. Obviously, NBA prospect, big-time talent. Doesn't want to get hurt playing college for free. Like another, We could talk about that forever, too. But he's still in a hard cast. There's been rumors that maybe it's coming off, maybe it's not. But if he doesn't play, man, Houston just looks so solid. Even if he does play and he's a little banged up, Houston just looks like a, a team that could make a run. Like, you watch them play, and they just look like a good team. I mean, they got tons of talent, run and gun, kind of like Auburn. That, that's why these two teams kind of – I like both of them. One of them to come out of that bottom region. But I like Houston. Even though I'm a Kentucky guy, I just think Houston might be the better team. They got they – got I the mean, their, their defense is sick. And their yeah. two leading guys in field goal attempts and minutes shoot above 38% from three. And then their third guy shoots 35% from three. This is like what a good marked team looks like. Like sick defense can hit threes. Like those teams win. It, yeah. It, and especially from the guard too. Like Corey Davis is a beast. Like six one, one ninety, just average 17, I think. Like, the guy is just a stud. Like, he he's a senior. You don't see a lot in college where these guys get to be a senior, but that gives them that extra swag, that extra confidence. Last year, they lost on a buzzer beater to Michigan in the tournament. Like, he, he's been thinking about that for a year. He wants, he wants revenge. He wants this Final Four. They're just – I like how Houston looks. They're loaded. I got them to the finals in my bracket, so I'm obviously super high on Houston. Yeah, I think betting Houston plus three here with Kentucky without their best player, I think yeah. that, like, I, I, I'm i going to – I actually could go to this game. It's right down the street from my house, but I, I'm, like, leaving on a trip the next day, so I'm kind of trying to decide if I want to go to these games. go down there because these two games, you got Carolina-Auburn, too. You got two good games. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to think if it's like if it's worth it if it's worth it to go and then have to get up at like six o'clock the next morning and go drive. I'm oh, I'm debating you need it. To do it. Yeah, that's, I think I think I might go. Region too, like these, if you if you had to choose any region to go to, these four teams are exciting. Yeah, I think I think I'm probably gonna try and go. Yeah, you need you need to lock it in. Uh, it, I'll be interested to see with this game too with the spread. Like if PJ does actually play, like they cut the cast off. They can't cut the cast off and him play. Like, I just don't see it. This no, he's not, I don't prospect. think he's going to play. So, I think there's a little bit of baked-in value here with Houston, actually. Yeah, I, and plus, I agree. Calipari, I don't even really think he's, like, that good of, like, an in-game coach or anything. He's just a sick recruiter. I think he's, I think he's underrated as far as building a team throughout the year. Like, they yeah. got, they're always way better at the – I mean, that has a lot to do with talent, too. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't, but they're always way better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. Like, they were awful at the beginning of the year. Now they're good. I agree, though, in-game. Like, he doesn't feel like he makes too many adjustments besides just rolling the ball out there. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Tell the people about, uh, about Sharpside, where they can get all the giblets. Yeah, I mean, you can check my stuff out. We've been doing a podcast on there. I try to bring guests, kind of like Davis does, where I bring on guests from different platforms, talk about different things as far as as far as making some money, some giblets. Over on, you can check us out over on the Sharp Side app. I mean, everything's building up. It's still a new newer app, newer site, but more stuff coming on there day by day. Tons of contests you can get in for free to win some money now. Yeah, the check app the, is the app is cool. Yeah, the app's getting better and better, too. I mean, there, there's a bunch of apps like this out there, but they're adding new stuff every day. I think the winner of the March contest got 
all you do is pick the games on there every day just for fun. It tracks your record. And then the winner of the month, I think got like 500 bucks or something just for free. So it's cool to check out and make some picks. And then you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or wherever. It's just called Print Factory. So there we go. Give it a listen. All right, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. I'm uh, excited to go make these bets and I'm going to go look at uh, some uh, March Madness regional tickets. Thanks, man. Fun as always.